jobs, the, the energy markets. And uh, the, the problem is we can't shut down that much oil production overnight. And so the market is sending a price signal saying, you have to shut in this production. And, and I think we're going to end up shutting in probably 30%, maybe more of U.S. oil supply. We're staring at a, at least a 75% reduction in oil service activity, which includes massive uh, layoffs within the, the oil service infrastructure throughout Texas and, and other oil-producing regions. We could be going to 200 rigs in the next three months. Uh, we've never seen activity that low since John D. Rockefeller type uh, era. Uh, so uh, bottom line, this is really ugly. It's going to have profound consequences on the, and lasting consequences on the, the, the energy industry for the next several years. It's not just the hundreds of thousands of energy jobs on the chopping block. The cascading impact will hurt retailers, car dealerships, restaurants, hoteliers, providers of commercial office space, charitable organizations, and most of all, local and state governments, which draw a mountain of tax revenue from fossil fuels that will remain in the ground for months, if not years to come. Panel, uh, it looks bad out there. Wayne, start us off. Our oil patch is in big trouble. Yeah, we gotta remember too that, that the, the reality is oil is an international commodity. So while it's been great that the United States is becoming sort of energy independent, uh, the reality is it's still it's still international. And look, it, it speaks to why this city and why this county should have never done the draconian things they did with the coronavirus because we have additional economic pressures that made those decisions even more problematic because we're, we're doubling the pain because at the same time, all, the, all this stuff's gonna suffer because of the oil prices. Um, we're, we closed them down for this virus thing and we've made it twice as bad. Houston's gonna be in so much trouble, folks. It's going to be very ugly, especially when it comes to raising taxes. Tomorrow, Bell, you've lived through oil bust before. Uh, what's your read on what's facing us in, in the months and potentially years to come? Um, my concern is that this one will be more difficult to recover from than the one when I was in college. When it happened in college, by me being just getting out the gate, I didn't have the impact that others around me did. But for those who were settled, had their homes, had their jobs, it wiped them out. There were foreclosures all over the place. People were literally walking away from homes in Missouri City. Cars were being repossessed. It was bad. This will, I believe, be three times as worse because it's not just the oil, it's everybody. You're looking at people who had jobs for decades at sporting venues, that's gone, that's behind. You're looking at people who worked in clothing stores or, or had their own line of clothes or had their own uh, um, businesses, that's gone because their clients might've worked in the industry and now their income is no longer there. So I have to agree with Wayne, this is gonna have a domino effect for a long time in Houston. And I don't see our way out because it is an international, oil is an international commodity. The, cor the coronavirus might've did this with us, but I promise you Saudi Arabia and Russia had a hell of a lot more to do with what happened in the oil patches than the coronavirus. Yeah, I agree.
Carmen Rowe, if you listen closely, you can hear the sound of house keys dropping in mailboxes in Midland, Odessa, as people just walk away from their homes. Uh, as you read and hear the scope of the oil patch downturn, what's your reaction? You know, I mean, I don't know. I know that this is going to be difficult for everybody. I know that oil is a huge uh, commodity here in Texas, but we do a lot more with energy now than we ever did before. And so I don't think it's doom and despair necessarily. I think it's going to be difficult, but I think like everything else, we see this ever-changing situation. Yes, we've been here before and we got through it, but with all the money that's being put out there and all the people working together in a way that's much more unified than it ever was in the fractured environment where, like as Tamara said when she was in college, I think we may see some different results, hopefully, and, you know, hope that this situation gets better. But, yeah, not if these the people can't get to the table and start unified. doing something for the oil industry, I mean, we're going to continue to see it go down. My sister works for a pipeline company. They got a bunch of money from the government, which has helped to sustain them and allowed them to continue to keep their employees and to keep working. And so if we keep working together in that regard, I think it's going to help for now. But big changes have to come long term. Tony, you're always looking to elevate the Latino community economically, socially, but 20% unemployment, 30 million jobless claims already. You got to be worried. No, my heart goes out to all the families that are struggling right now, trying to make rent, car payments, trying to keep their standard of living. That's a real struggle. But, but I think we all saw this day coming. We probably feared it would be through just through global, global warming, but like the panel has alluded to, it's also the global epidemic. It's also global competition. Other nations have been trying to sabotage this industry for us for a long time. We need to be creative. I hope there's an upturn. We can't just gamble on that. We need to really diversify our economy even more. Tourism, education, technology. We've got some great schools here. Uh, Texas A&M, they've got a great engineering program. Zachary Center, they've got a wind tunnel. They should be making money the way the Valley is making money with launches of satellites and SpaceX. Rice University is developing the Ion Center. They need to be true to the community and come up with creative ways to use art and culture to make those industries. We need tourism. We need people to come to Houston, not because it's going to be a ghost town like Cleveland because the industry broke. They need to come here because we have cultural art in the black community, Latino community. We got to stick together. We got to be smart. And that's how we're going to get through this. And we're going to get through this. It's going to be tough, but we're tough. We're smart and we're strong. Charles Blaine, a hard number, 40 to 50% of the Houston economy can be traced in the energy sector. What's your take on the tough months to come? Yeah, I think part, I, I did, part of what I gleaned from what Tony said was that we need to be diversifying our local economy here so that we're not fully reliant on oil. And I agree with that. And I think tomorrow makes a good point as well. This is going to be significantly worse than what we've seen in the past. You're right. Houston is so reliant on oil and gas. But what we haven't seen in the past during these oil downturns was this double whammy of, of a complete shutdown due to a pandemic. And because of that shutdown, now we're seeing the projected city deficit somewhere between 200 and 300 million dollars. There are going to be furloughs and layoffs because of that. So you have a whole sector of folks who were in a reliable job who may not be in a reliable job and be added to this unemployment realm now. And so that's going to be a significant problem as well. And so then on the back end of that, you have the city now 
levy, talking about levying a new tax on people for their garbage cans. And so people are struggling right now. You have a massive amount of unemployment, like you said, so many people tied to the oil and gas. And with city, this city and other cities struggling, they're looking to taxpayers to pay more. But now's not the time. And, and, and you're right. I think tomorrow makes, again, a great point that this is going to be significantly worse, I think, because of that double whammy. Okay, we're going to leave it right there. Up next, we hear from Senator John Cornyn, who we ask, is there any way government can soften the blow? His answer when we come back. Good morning, you guys. It's Dr. Diamos. As you hear me chewing on my breakfast. This new segment is brought to you by talking about the co- economy here in Houston. And as always, they're talking politics and economics. They're still forgetting about one thing. And I'm looking at the expressions on their face while they're talking. But, but at the end of all of this, still, who's hurting? It's the small communities that's hurting. It's the self-employed that's hurting. The independent contractors that is hurting. And he's talking about how they're throwing all this money, right, into the system, but the money is not getting to the people Okay, so that's the senator talking about the Earl. They're going to always have crisis with the Earl prices, and eventually they're trying to make it seem like it's so horrible, but they always bounce back. Even though the prices are low, watch how the prices going to jump up by the end of the year. I had to give me some coffee this morning. No tea. Um, my prayers for you guys. It's really just hang in there. Um, we have to stay strong and vigilant. Allow the spirit of God to talk to you every minute, every second of the day. Because eventually, he will make a way. You just have to have your ear to his mouth. So he can speak to you. Directly, so you'll know what to do. Okay. I'm going to come back. Um, 
Yeah, that's what really got me. They rather give them money for rent, for undocumented residents, so they can pay their rent. Veterans and disability people. Okay, so what about individuals such as myself that have been trying to apply for unemployment since March and cannot get through yet? Right? You call a number, they tell you to go online. You go online, they tell you to call a number. Okay, so I'm trying to understand. Yeah, they have stipulations. All right. And you have stipulations for the PPL grant for the business. First, everything was okay. Then all of a sudden you get an email. They need this documentation. Okay. Send that. So they send me another email. You need another documentation. And I just literally sent them a nice email and stated, according to the CARES Act, this loan is uh, based on ABCDFG. I only was required to send these documents. And for everything else that you ask me, I have sent. It's nothing else I can send you to show that I am in business for myself, knowing that I'm in business for myself. So I got to take care of my personal life in my business. So I'm stretching that money. My regular secular job, I have no longer due to a work injury that did not pay me what I was supposed to have. Okay. So I just skated right on into another transition <laughs> that that kind of um, crippled me. You know, so this is like really like, okay, what is really going on here? Are they really, really, when they're making all these, Harris County passes a 50 million grant for low income residents. Should we be giving them county dollars 
No, I would agree not to. I'm sorry. Commissioner Ellis, putting for this bill, this policy that puts Harris County first, because I want to tell you how this is going to help citizens, U.S. citizens. And I'm glad that Harris County judges and commissioners are defying President Trump's attempt to scapegoat immigrants to cover up for the way he's mismanaged the COVID-19 crisis, as well as immigration. This is going to affect U.S. citizens who are in mixed families. That means you fell in love with one of us, okay? So U.S. citizens fell in love with someone who might not be documented. They filed taxes because they're following the rules. They are getting taxation without representation. And I'm glad the Mexican-American Legal Defense Fund is suing the Trump administration for cutting out those American citizen families from getting the stimulus relief packages. And let's make something else clear. We're talking about families that are mixed because of this underground system that we've tolerated and Americans are benefiting from. And let's get something clear too. We're talking about people who are working in the grocery stores, at construction jobs, and we're talking about people paying rent. So if you are a citizen landowner who is renting to mixed families, which has US citizens in it, they are also going to benefit from this. And they're also going to our schools. Let's get something straight. The DeVos administration under Trump has cut out DACA students from student relief funds. Guess what? DACA students are here with permission and they go to our schools. They have to go to our schools. They have to pay taxes. If they don't get the money to help our schools, all of our students suffer. So I am proud for our justice commissioners to put Harris County first and help American citizens. Tomorrow, Bell, Commissioner Cagle says uh, the majority is picking winners and losers and doling out taxpayer money uh, based on some bias. What's your take? It's kind of hard for me to take a proposal uh, at its face value when it's being presented by a commissioner who's under investigation for keeping millions of dollars of art off the tax roll so that we didn't collect taxes on it then using taxpayer money to to um, dress up i don't want to say pimped out but however you want to say it a storage unit for broken equipment to store it in at the taxpayer expense and now all of a sudden he's concerned about where taxpayer money go give me a break <laughs> is this a good use of taxpayer money in a crisis. No, and to follow suit on what tomorrow saying, this is a commissioner who's married to someone who on this panel uncovered how they're misusing taxpayer dollars in affordable housing. So you cannot sit here and preach to me about how we need to be all inclusive and help taxpayers and, and you know use tax funds to support illegal immigrants when you are not using or when you're not properly using public funds. Um, this is ridiculous. It's kind of like another boot on the neck of taxpayers in this county who are already struggling. Now we're paying for something for folks who don't live there. I mean, who, who are not legal. And I understand Tony's argument that there are mixed families and things like that, but ultimately this should be going to folks who are citizens of this country. I mean, it, it's just hard stop there. There should be nothing else around it. There are other resources to support other citizens, uh, excuse me, undocumented immigrants, and they can go to those resources. Why should I as a taxpayer be funding that? It makes no sense to me, especially during a time when everybody is hurting here in this county and across this country. Carmen, real close us out here. Do you think this is uh, the way we should be responding 
to this community giving them cash grants? Absolutely not. And I think the most important thing is that this isn't including uh, illegal immigrants. It's targeted to illegal immigrants. And I have a problem with that when you think about and you know people in your community who are business owners who are here illegally, who didn't qualify for federal funding, who didn't get a stimulus check, who are left out in the cold. If we're going to give money, we need to start with those people. And if there's money left over, maybe we can get to the rest. But to start with and to allocate $15 million for people here who are here illegally and not any consideration at all for those people who don't qualify for other reasons, I think is, is short-sighted. Okay, we're going to leave it right there. Wow. See? It's just foolery, you guys. It's just, uh, I don't know. It's, it's just too much. It's just too much. This Dr. D with the Boom Factor keeping you posted on what's happening, especially here in Houston, the Harris County, and it is just just back and forth, back and forth. It's just so um if you really don't have your hope in God, you, you really be very very despondent and really be like, What's the use? But I want you guys to know it is hope and it is um a sunny day at the end of the rainbow and we just gonna stay forward, okay? I'll come back later. With some more information um, this morning. Good to be able to speak with you guys. Um, since I, I, I can hear myself, I can feel myself a little better. Um, just want to shout out to all of you all out there. And uh, God bless you. Much love to you. Stay home if you can. Stay safe. Uh, enjoy. Um, and I'll chime with you guys later. God bless.